Hello everyone and welcome back to the One Talk Podcast. You're here with your host Ryan and today we are joined by Lewis Hookstep. Lewis is a mindset coach for business owners and he helps business owners scale their business without sacrificing their personal life. Lewis is also a keynote speaker and he's the host of the Lewis Hookstep Experience podcast. In today's episode, we touch a lot on mindset and mental health. There's a lot of value, knowledge and strategies within this episode that you can take away and a lot of things you can implement, which is makes it an amazing episode. So I recommend you get a pen and paper, take some notes down. If you can share the podcast around as well, that would mean the world to me and I appreciate you all. Enjoy today's episode. Now let's welcome Lewis. Hello everyone, welcome back to the One Talk podcast here with your host Ryan and today I am honoured to be joined by Lewis Huckstep. How you doing brother? Brother, thank I'm, uh, I'm I'm really excited bro, I've been watching your stuff, I think we connected a while ago on social so mm. to have someone who's really passionate about mental health and someone who's doing something about it man, it's um I'm really grateful and I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with you. Yeah, you too, brother. And it's, exact, it's absolutely likewise back to yourself because looking, I was scrolling through your page and I was trying to get to the bottom of it and it took me ages. And the one word I came up with was Mr. Consistent. <laughs> but it's not like, <laughs> yeah. it's not like you're just consistent with the work. You're consistent with helping people. You're consistent putting that message out there so that you can add value to people's lives. And that's such a beautiful thing, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, so I'd love to jump into what started this whole journey if you want to offer value to the people in the world. Uh, I think the uh, it, the the things we go through generally shape, oh, will do shape us into who, who we become. And I believe that we become the people that we needed when we were younger. So I guess what started the journey was, I guess, my upbringing, the way I guess the challenges and tribulations that I went through and everyone's got their own version of it and I've definitely got my version of it, but I really struggled, uh, I guess, mentally and emotionally, uh, hence why I've got into the mental health space, but I was really uh, autistic. I got diagnosed with Asperger's. I really struggled with confidence. Uh, I didn't have a safe environment to regulate myself when I was younger. I had a very, uh, just an environment where there wasn't that in that that space of safety that I guess all children crave and need to be able to regulate and come back mm-hmm. to neutral and to um, stay present. So that was very much the upbringing, and that uh, I guess that that pain led me to look within, to get into self development, to I guess look for the answers and and the solutions, which one obviously allows me to help myself. I guess that was my very first client is myself and just learning how to regulate, learning to understand who I am, where my wounds are coming from, what my triggers are coming from, how to heal my triggers and my my wounds. Uh, I've dived into the business world. I've had uh, a nice business career so far. It's only eight years in, but it's uh, I've had a, a cool little journey so far. So I opened up three studios, uh, fitness studios, so bricks and mortar studios, sold two of them. Uh, I've still got one of them under management, but very much doing what I love from the coaching side of things because that's what I've always been drawn towards. So I guess it started as, I guess, pain from me. Uh, I've, I've got, I've had attempted suicides in my family from my siblings. I've had uh, actual people uh, taking their own life as well. I've mm. had uh, recommended medications for myself and I'm very grateful my parents said no to that uh, when I was younger. I've got, uh, yeah, I've just I've been through the i guess the environment and the pain of it has driven me to learn about it and to dive into it and i guess eventually give it back to others so i guess mm. that's what started the journey and the great thing about 
the stories that the message that you push on your social medias and the work that you do is saying that trauma can be a gift and you can use these things rather to destroy you or to drive you. You got to make the decision on which way you're going to take it. And it seems like with yourself, definitely you've used that as a force to drive you to then not just give back to yourself and fill that cup up, but then also get that overflowing. So it fills up other people's cups as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I, I use that term, your trauma, or specifically your triggers are your gifts because mm. just like not all broken bones, but a lot of bones, when you break them, they heal back stronger. And that's the same with your wounds. So, if you've got a wound around your family, around your image, around your intelligence, around your weight, around your sexuality, once you heal that, it gives you strength. And you just look at majority of successful people that have their own story. Like you look at a Tony Robbins who had four or four or five different fathers. His mum used to beat his head against the wall until he bled, used to pour liquid soap down his throat until he uh, threw up because she just thought he was lying when he wasn't. And he shares a beautiful story when he's, uh, his family had no money, no food for Thanksgiving and someone gifted him food, a stranger, and that's driven him to give back to hundreds of millions of people, of homeless people that is fed this day. So, the pain he went through drove him to be the man that he's proud to be today. Look at an Op- Oprah Winfrey. She's mm-hmm. sexually assaulted half a dozen times. She gave birth to a stillborn child at the age of 14. Her mum was 14 when she gave birth to her. And again, it's driven her to be the incredible influential woman that she is and don't take it the extreme saying oh well i can only be successful if i've been through things as extreme as that that's not the case but if you learn how to control your mind and master perceptions of allowing not not just saying it out loud life is i'm grateful i'm grateful our our life's happening for me not to me when you truly fucking believe it and you can learn how to see it then your, your your pain, the greater the pain, the greater the purpose. That's how I help clients dis- discover their purpose. Everyone has multiple purposes in life, but your core mm-hmm. purpose comes from your biggest pain. So, when you can isolate that, identify that, heal through that, uh, it, it gives you strength and that's where you don't need a fucking coffee to wake up. That's where you don't need accountability or motivation to do work. Like, no one had to motivate you and me to be on this call right now, right? We wanted yeah, to literally. be here. Yeah. We're, in, we're inspired to be here because we've both been through our version of pain or our version of voids or our version of trauma, which this podcast or this, this, uh, this work is meaningful to us at some level and that's why we're doing it. So, it's... Um, Yeah, it's absolutely. Once you can learn how to identify it, how to control your perception and control the meaning you give it. I've got a book. I I keep this on my desk just to remind me when I'm complaining about life. It's Man's Search for Meaning. Viktor Frankl went through a concentration camp in World War II. His brother, father, mother, sister, all killed in a concentration camp. He went through it for three years. So, one piece of bread to eat for three days. Someone drops dead next to you. You keep walking. He comes out the other side with inspiration and gratitude to give back to the world. How the fuck does someone do that? Mm. You control what it means to you. So, yeah, once you can heal through it, it definitely is your greatest gift. Yeah. I want to touch on two things from that. The first one would be with the labels that were put on you growing up, how did you find yourself transforming out of those labels if you took that on like on a deep level? It's, uh, it's, 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 it's harder when you, you, cause you don't know what you don't know. Like when you're mm-hmm. like, especially I think it's ages one to seven is when I don't know the percentage, but you're the most moldable in terms of your, yeah. your, your beliefs and your, I think it's your core beliefs around how the world works is between the ages one to seven. State. Yeah. I, um, it's, uh, it's not a rabbit hole <clears throat> I've driven down too much. So I just understand 
first seven years are most crucial. And then obviously, it, it, we're always evolving. Our mind can always rewire itself. You can teach old dogs new tricks. So, that is true. But I guess you it's like <laughs> you... Uh, it's a quote that I don't remember who originates it, but I know Alex Mosey shares a lot. It's, we <clears throat> we challenge all our beliefs except for the beliefs we truly believe, those ones we never think to challenge. So, mm-hmm. when you're told something at such a young age and you don't understand any better, you haven't developed your beliefs of how to make decisions, how to challenge things, how to question, how to develop your own mind. It's like if you get told Santa's real, he's real. If you get told the Easter Bunny is real, it's real. So mm. when you get told that you have this, this is your, this is who you are, these are your limitations, and this is the life that you're going to have. When you're that old, you don't understand it. And I, I guess not until I guess diving into the self journey and the self healing journey at the age of eighteen, I didn't understand it. I didn't really. I didn't. I just thought that's who I was. I I adopted the belief that I am socially awkward. I adopted the belief that. I'm a bad speller. I adopted the belief that I'm anxious. I adopted and I believe it. And something that really hit me when I went to a, a event only this year, actually, it was a, a new event that I went to, is you always confirm your beliefs. And if you just sit with that a little bit, it's the, if you believe you're right and you believe you're wrong, you're right. Mm. You believe you can, you can believe you can't, you're right. So, whatever belief you have about yourself, you will make it true. If you believe you don't deserve it, you will find ways to believe that. You will confirm that. If you believe that you're a loser, then you will confirm that. If you believe that life is abundant and full of opportunities, you will confirm that. So, mm. just being able to, to answer the, the question, it back then, I just subscribed to it because I was what I would have been seven, eight, nine years old when I got... Um, they took me. I'm from Norfolk Island, which is a small island <coughs> between Australia and New Zealand. <coughs> I had some challenges growing up. My parents thought there was something wrong with me. So, they flew me to Australia and literally got me tested. They, I don't know how they tested me, but they took me through these X amount of exercises and they came to the conclusion that I am um, autistic. I have Asperger's, you are XYZ. This is how you're going to be. And when you're that young, like I can't remember any of it, to be honest with you, but mm. when you're that young, again, you just, you take them on without really any question. Like, okay, fair enough. That's who I am right now. So, it wasn't until learning the work, learning self-development, learning how to challenge beliefs, learning how to rewire beliefs that I ended up challenging it. But yeah, it just it was me for the first, what, 18 years of my life. Yeah. And that's a journey within itself because it gets embodied into your subconscious when you instill all these beliefs over a certain period of time. It does become a journey of trying to change those beliefs and the things that you grew up with that mm-hmm. will put as labels on you. And it is a practice that you put in every single day. I know I do it to get better. I don't believe it can stop or there's an ending point. I always believe there's room for growth, at least 1% every day, every day. I think that's a lesson you touched on. And also within that lesson too, it shows the importance of um, your environment, right? Because your environment influences what you do and who you, you can become. And in that time, I'm not saying like the people around you are bad at the time. I'm just saying like, you're getting this information from doctors and such, and this is your environment that they're all putting these labels onto you. And then that just shows throughout life that our environment can influence us and what we become. Yeah. It's uh, it's the overused quote that you become the, the five people that you hang around, you pick up their beliefs, you pick up their, their energy. So yeah, just being again in when you're that young and you don't understand it, you just kind of roll with the punches, but, when you get blessed with consciousness, uh, 
it's uh it's then over to you you can't blame anyone anymore it's uh you've got the self-responsibility it's uh what i don't know who says it but it's like it's not your fault how you're born but it is your responsibility how you die so it's fit you life will happen the way it's meant to happen for you but once you learn the consciousness of who you are how to heal how to put in put in the inner work then it is truly up to you to actually do it yeah then once you start taking the accountability you see how much of a shift happens in your life in the positive sense like you see yourself starting to grow and you see yourself getting in positions that you wouldn't have thought you would have been in because you become more open-minded and you actually take um, accountability for your own actions and what's happened to you and what you're doing in the present moment going forward so there's so much things that can come from being accountable for your actions in your life Mm. It's a great book, uh, Jocko Willick. If you're familiar with him, he's um, uh, ex Navy um, uh, Special Forces, and I think it's called Extre- Yeah Extreme Ownership. And I think there's a couple iterations of that book as well. But it's just as soon as you as soon as you blame anything else or someone else, you literally give your power away to solve it. If you say I am this way because of this, which there can be truth in what you're saying, but it's like you just look at the word responsible. It's response able. You're able to respond to it. So, mm. it's uh, it's just called extreme ownership. Like he uses examples of in the war. Like if you're the leader of the platoon, or you're the I don't know the leader of the team. And even if you've got thirty, fifty, a hundred people in there, if someone doesn't do their job right and they ruin the whole mission for the whole team, the leader takes responsibility. Mm. He says, even though you missed your shot or you didn't do what you, were, I trained you to do, it's my fault. I'm the leader. It's my fault. And by even having a little, this is a little exercise I do as well, is even when something goes wrong, is always looking for, okay, where's the growth here for me? Mm. Where's the resp- Take extreme ownership, even if it wasn't even me that did it, if it was a friend, if it was a team member, if it had nothing to do with me. Okay, where's the truth in here? I co-created this at some level. Where's the growth? Could I have been firmer with my boundaries? Could I have trained them better? Could I have put in more uh, preparation? Could I have, what could I have done to improve this result? Because the second you blame, the second you shift responsibility, you Mm. literally give your power away to fix it. And then you just become a victim of circumstances instead of a master of your own destiny. So, just uh it's a it's a great point that you bring up i don't i don't actually speak about this topic enough to be honest so just being able to look for responsibility even if it's one if it's a scale of one zero to a hundred percent even if there's a two percent mm. uh input that you had take that fucking two percent don't give it away say look thank you mm. like i have a uh i've got i've got a i've got a, a the studio that i still run and we have weekly um meetings we have uh, daily huddles as well and if there's something that goes wrong, first thing I do is I point myself in the mirror. Okay, guys, I take responsibility for not training you guys enough for not X, Y, Z. So, what's the lesson here? What can we do about it? So, yeah, I absolutely agree, man. I believe being mm. able to take your power back and take the responsibility to respond and to fix your current circumstance is one of the most empowering things any human being can do. Yeah, and especially going back to with um, your triggers or your gift as well, taking responsibility for how you react to situations emotionally too. Like even if someone says something and it makes you angry and pissed off and full of rage, like why are you reacting like that? Why are you responding like that? Like yeah. you've got to take accountability in that emotion so then you can work on it because if you're always going to be in that reactive state when people say a certain word to you or do a certain thing against you, then you're always going to be triggered until you heal that part of yourself. So, yeah, accountability, I love that we've touched on that because I think it's a 
big aspect of life that people should take the journey of. 100%, man. And I like your choice of words too. You can obviously tell that you're in the space and you've done a lot of self-work yourself. But when you're triggered, like you just literally, you said it's fucking spot on. It's revealing a part of you that you haven't healed through yet. So a fully healed person, which I agree to what you said earlier on the podcast too, is you're never fully healed. It's the graph. I literally just said this on the podcast I filmed earlier today was you, it's the graph where on it, if when the X goes from the X to the Y axis and it just infinitely gets closer, Mm. exponentially will get closer to it, but it never touches. That's what healing is like. So you'll never be fully healed. There's always room to grow and to heal, but you can always progress that. You can always improve. You can always get better. And whenever you're triggered, that's when it's revealing a, tr- a wound that hasn't been healed through. So don't don't blame your partner for mm. you snapping. Don't blame. And relationships is where you get triggered the most. Don't blame the traffic. It's like I was um a little funny example as I was driving the car. Is um I was just driving along the um merging onto the highway onto the M1 on the Gold Coast, and this guy like sped up. Guy or woman just sped up super quick and sh- like cut off like fucking less than a meter in front of me mm. uh and my partner like had a little snap and like what the fuck i'm like babe what a blessing this person just gave us to give us an extra 10 seconds to drive together and he mm. made sure i was awake for my for my driving uh my I, i'm alert with my driving and my reflexes right thank you for the thank you for the wake up call so mm. it's just been able to everything's happening for you not to you and understand, okay, well, if you are triggered, there is a wound somewhere. Let's go figure out where that's coming from. Let's do some journaling on it. Let's do some breath work on it. Let's do some, um, some. Uh, I've got a healing process I take people through, but there's, um, let's just do the healing work so you're not triggered anymore after it happens. Yeah, 100%. This also, it all links into one as well. But when I was scrolling through your Instagram, I saw a post about saying, this is true, about when you get into an argument with your partner, it, feel, it can feel exciting, but- that's not how you should communicate to be able to resolve problems. And it's actually going to cause long-term effects in the relationship, which would then deteriorate the bond that you two have together. I think that was a key thing to mm. touch on because if you feel yourself wanting to engage in the argument with your significant other, that's just a reflection of yourself or those parts of you they also need to work on. So I just want to touch on that as well for the people listening that are in relationships and you might find themselves responding and getting in arguments with their partner that Every time you feel that sense of wanting to jump in and say something or have the win in that sense, bring that back to yourself and be like, cool, why do I want to win here? Why do I want to engage like this? Why do I want to react? And just question your beliefs mm. and your thought patterns. Very powerful, brother. Very fucking powerful. When you're, it ties into the, like you just said, it, they all tie into each other. It's your, when you're, when you're, I'm reading a book right now. It's called uh, "The Body Keeps the Score." It's really awesome. It's quite, yeah. a, it's quite a challenging read, but for people that want to do the inner work, it's a really awesome read. Uh, I'm, I just reached out to him yesterday to try to get him on my podcast, actually. So, he's, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's just all around. It's around traumas, around wounds, and a big thing that I, I've learned from this one, but also another couple of books that I can recommend is when you are triggered, you literally regress. So, mm. say you're, say you're seven years old. And your parents do something that really hurts you. So trauma comes from a feeling of over overwhelming emotion where you feel an overwhelming sense of threat or overwhelming sense of powerlessness to protect yourself. And obviously, when you're younger, you've got less ability to protect yourself. So that's where a lot of wounds can happen more when you're younger because you like if you lose your parents in the supermarket, that can be traumatic for a fucking five-year-old versus that happens now. It's probably not going to be too much of a big deal, right? So yeah. when- 
But when you then, so say for example, say say your your dad, say your dad looks like myself. Say he looks very similar to me, talks like me, sounds like me, and he hurts you when you were younger, and it was very traumatic. He might have smacked you, he might have abused you, he might have abandoned you, and then if you bump into me walking down the street and I trigger that memory or experience in you, you literally regress back and become that version of you when you were hurt. So, Mm. when you're in your relationship and you spit in the dummy, when you're having a tantrum, when you're having a disagreement, you're literally regressing back. You've literally become that hurt young boy, young girl that you you were whenever the time happened, right? And we've all got many traumas. That just might be one of the many that you haven't healed through yet. So, Again, just like you said, just being able to put awareness on it. And we um it, it can be challenging, guys, and just for everyone listening, like I'm not fucking perfect either. Like me and my mm-hmm. partner still have uh open conversations as I like to frame it, is when we are we take each other into each other's wounds, but we're at we're very much at a point where like it might last now five minutes rather than fucking five hours an argument yeah. where we can like really hold each other accountable and not that's probably not the word it is the word to use, but in the time it's happening when you do get taken into your wounds. So, say today, your partner says something that really triggers you from your from your childhood or from your past relationship or from something that you haven't healed through yet. It's been able to both recognize it in each other. Mm. So, me and my partner, use it, uh, we use the term blueberry. So, we just say blueberry when we, um, when we are both triggered or not taken. When we're blaming other things for how we feel, we use the term, we use the word blueberry. Mm. And then we just, and it takes time and I'm, I've am i got a dissociation uh, coping mechanism. So, I like to shut off and disassociate and leave the room and yeah. then like shut off from it. So, like um, my parents used to fight and then I'd go play video games. So, I'd disassociate. So, the problem's not there anymore and I'd be in my own little world. So, I like to disassociate and shut off. But Georgia, my partner, hers is like to argue and to scream and to fight back because that's how she got love and attention because she felt unseen. So, by fighting, she got to feel seen even though it was not in an apparent way. So, kind of like the kind of conflicting little ways of of, uh, of, st- of communicating. So, mm. being able to be aware when you are, being able to hold space, which is a fucking powerful tool, but fucking challenging. And not again, I'm not perfect. No one is. But mm. being able to say, babe or hun or myself look i'm fucking triggered right now i can feel it i i'm in my wound right now and thank you for taking me there and doing whatever you guys do this is probably a conversation for you and your partner for whoever's listening is ask them say what do you what do you need when when you're triggered for Mm -hmm. my partner it's to be held so for her it's a hug so i go and hug her for me it's to let myself feel seen say hey look look I, i can see where you're coming from I can feel where you're coming from. I understand where you're coming from, but again, these are these are awesome conversations, man. And I, it, yeah. it's, I don't think it's had enough. But if you can master the art of one, recognizing that you're triggered and stop blaming, like we've spoken about on this podcast already, blaming your partner. They shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have done this. Well, they did. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to blame them for you feeling them expressing the way you're expressing, or you're going to be responsible and say, you know what, I'm triggered right now because there's a wound I haven't healed through. And thank you, my partner, for triggering that me so I can fucking heal through it. And that is the power of a relationship, I truly believe. And then secondly, hold space for each other. Mm. A lot of the healing work, and this is where I love coaches and people that are diving into this space rather than just your traditional therapists, is a lot of the healing work isn't necessarily the quote uh, work, whether it's like talking about it, journaling on it and all that stuff, which is there are all, all, all ways that can help. Mm. A lot of it is feeling loved unconditionally for the messy emotional version of us. Yeah. 
And that is what I think is the most powerful part of a relationship. When you can take, and not you can, you will take your partner into their wounds and they're going to take you into yours. When you can both recognize when you both are and Mm. then both hold space to help each other feel loved unconditionally while you're there, that's how you fucking do the most healing. Mm. When you are being your most emotional hurt, remember, because you're regressed down, I've now become my six-year-old self when my parents weren't there for me and I felt abandoned and I felt upset and you've just triggered that in me and I I needed to feel seen in that time and you make me feel seen right now, that's the fucking healing right there. So... It's um, it's a yeah. I, f- I find relationships are interesting from the, from this point because even though most people blame, and it's probably the reason a lot of people can't stick around in relationships because mm-hmm. they get triggered. But you're like, well, that's actually the the beautiful part because yeah. if you can heal through it, that's where you're going to grow the most as a man, as a woman. And yeah, I just find that that shit so powerful. It's just having that intention. Like we're talking about earlier about how we just wake up, and we're on the podcast, and it's, we're just inspired, but. Like it comes down to like mission in life. Like for me, my, for myself, like I wake up, my mission in life is just to wake up every day and become the absolute best version of myself. And that can look like so many different things, whether it's, you know, jumping on podcasts, going to the gym, whether it's being vulnerable to my partner and working through things. Like, but it's just all about that progression on that journey of always getting 1% every day and growing. And there's a saying by, um, Andrew Tate that I love as well. Cause we said before, like things have already happened. What can we do now? And he has a saying about uh, playing chess. So he says, um, when you're playing chess, you just got to look at the board and you got to look at the pieces you've got and you can only focus on the next move you can take. There's no point getting stewed up about the last move that made, maybe you lost your queen, but you've got to just focus on your next move and look at the chess board. And that's so reliable when it comes to life. You got to focus on the present. Like, cool, this has happened, but what choices can we make going forward to make sure that we get the results we want next time? Hmm. Absolutely true, man. Mm. It's yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of something that was coming to mind, but it's uh, yeah. You can only what what is oh, it's Peter Crone that I'm thinking of. It's like whatever's happened couldn't have happened any whatever's happened couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. And if you just sit with that and it's like, look, it is what it is. It's happened. It's happened for you. Find the blessings. Find the lessons. Focus on what it is that you want to do. What's next? What you want to move forward to? How are you going to grow from that? What has that gifted you? What have you learned from it? How's it made you stronger? How's it made you wiser? Mm. And then focus on what are you going to do about it? What's next? Yeah. Would you, going on to a different topic, would you say that learning about your mindset started with exercise? Because I know you own PLCs and you're very active in terms of physical exercise. Was that one of the first steps for you in learning about mindset in your own mind? I don't think it, uh, I haven't been asked that question. I've always been fit and healthy. Like I've always been sporty, always um whether it's rugby league or it's um was a big thing for me, touch football, surf life saving, tennis, love tennis. Uh so I was all I, I probably didn't make the link back then. I believe yeah. it's a piece of the puzzle. It's mm. it's like being healthy, like some people do the opposite and all they do is train yeah. and they don't look after their mental health and vice versa. Some people are so fucking book smart and they read all the spirituality shit in the world, but they don't look after their body, their vessel as well. So mm. I believe in the mind-body connection. I believe they both influence each other. I probably I didn't consciously do it for that reason. I did it for for love and validation. It was how I got love from my dad because when I performed well at sport, I would get love and connection through him. So it was very much a it was a way for me to make friends because I had a lot of pain around making friends growing up. So 
Mm. Sports for me wasn't a mental health thing. It was more of a uh, an enjoyment. I really enjoyed it, um, and it helped me make friends, helped me connect with my dad. So uh, it wasn't a conscious mental health piece. Uh, going through the fitness industry, as you mentioned, like a, I was in the fitness industry for eight years. I still technically am. I just don't work in it. But mm. yeah, it's uh, it's just a piece of the puzzle because. When you move your body, the fu- there's there's three ways to influence how you feel in any given moment. It's your physiology, your focus, and your language. And the fastest way you can change that is your physiology. Just by pu- pushing your chest up, mm-hmm. taking a big fucking deep breath in, going and doing an ex- some exercise, it literally changes the chemicals in your body. You feel strong. You feel alive. You feel confident. You feel gr- like everything. So, mm-hmm. and it's the, it's the one that you can do right now. You can, whoever's listening, fucking get up and go for a run, jump on the ground, do 10 push-ups. Like you can literally do it right now. So, I guess as I've dove in into, I guess, helping people specifically mentally and emotionally has probably become more important to me. Um, ironically, like since I've left the industry, I look after my health more, which is quite funny. So, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, definitely wasn't a conscious decision, but now going into it, like if you can just literally like, cause this is, this, this hit me as well when I heard it is you don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you are. So if you are really sad and really depressed and really just down, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see mm-hmm. victim. You're going to see pain. You're going to see challenges, tribulations versus you're positive. You're grateful. You're enthusiastic. You're going to see opportunities. You're going to see uh, things that you can improve on. You're going to see things that you can do to move your life forward. So, And the fastest way you can change that is exercise. So, mm. definitely having exercise in your regimen is a huge piece of the puzzle for me. Uh, I've got four steps to mental health. It's live to your values, which is your most important one uh, for me. Health is second, so train consistently and eat well, so less processed as possible, organic as possible, etc. Third is do the healing work, heal those traumas because you've got Mm. trauma, traumatic reactions, and triggers. So if you can, if you've got, I I just said this on the podcast I just filmed. If you've got ten wounds versus someone who has a hundred wounds, the person that has a hundred wounds is going to get triggered more. Their ego is going to be more present, and Mm. they're going to be less authentic. So. Always be healing, always be understanding where your triggers are and heal through them. And fourth is environment, which you mentioned before, which is you pick up people's energy. If you hang around depressed people, you're probably going to be depressed. So it's uh, if you just do those four things, so health is in there. Mm. Uh, I believe some people, uh, ironically, I, I, I've, I've, I've seen people who actually use health as a escapism from their their wounds, which is quite quite interesting. I've got a client at the moment, actually, that's at the gym. And I've had some sort of like, I'll see her at the gym. I'll have a little coaching session as I see her just around the gym. And man, she trains sometimes three to four times a day. Mm. And I was like, I, I said, hey, look, I won't use her name. I'll use the name. Um, I'll use Jane as her name. I'll say, hey, Jane, like, why do you train so much? Like, you were here this morning. I trained with you and you're, you're back here this afternoon. What are you doing here? Mm. She's like, oh. My partner just snapped at me and I don't, I don't want to be home. I'm like, fuck, yeah. really? Okay. So, it's become like, uh, this is painful. I'm going to go train to get away from it, which is a, it's, an, it's better than smoking a cigarette, like yeah. good, good coping mechanism, but it's like, what's the fuel behind it? That's always what I look for. What's the fuel mm. behind you uh, going to the gym? What's the fuel behind you working? Like, you, you've probably experienced yourself and you've probably seen friends and family who they work all the fucking time. They, they yeah. feel guilty switching off because they're fueled by the wrong reasons. They're, they don't, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, health is a piece of the puzzle. 
Uh, some people neglect it. Some people actually use it as an escapism, but it's definitely a piece of the puzzle. Have a strong body, have a strong mind. They're, be- they're both interlinked. The fastest way you can change how you feel is to exercise. So you go mm. fucking, if you just right now, shoulders back, chest up, chin up, and take fucking huge deep breaths in. Mm. Jump down, do a couple push-ups, whatever you want to do, you will feel fucking better. And in that state, you will see things differently because you don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you are. So, yeah, mm. definitely big fan. And the more I dive into mental health, the more um, important it becomes as well. Yeah, definitely. And it's all about who you are. That's amazing, bro, because, like, you can change. That- and once I've realized how state of my emotional state, my-, um, my whole life changed. Like you said, like your physiology, pin your shoulders back, chin up, deep breaths, do push-ups. Honest, I do that every time before I start a podcast, even when I'm just recording a video for content, because I like to get in my full, more so masculine and more excitement when I'm starting to push a message and speaking to people. And literally, I drop down, do 10 push-ups, take some long, deep breaths, and I feel psyched though. And back in the past, I never knew that as a thing that I could tap into. I just thought, oh, I'm depressed. This is the way I am. But I've realized that depression isn't something, this is my um, opinion, it might be a bit controversial, but I don't see depression as something that is just magically spelled on you and you can't defeat it, you know. Like, I feel like it's your environment or your situation or your life that's depressing you and all you have to do is just change your environment and then change your state and then you won't be depressed. Like, because I used to be addicted to drugs, if you don't know. Now, when I got sober from drugs, I was super depressed, but then I realized that my life was shit and that's why I was depressed. So what did I do? I made my life better. (laughs) And then guess what? I wasn't depressed. And it's just taking that journey of just waking up and just trying to put that work within yourself and understand yourself because the most important relationship we can have in life is the one with who we are. Mm. That's powerful, bro. And congratulations for coming through your journey. And uh, mm. that's probably why you're so passionate about this, right? Uh, you you yeah. generally want to help help the per you want to be the person that you needed when you're at your lowest, man. So it's uh, it's awesome that you're you're shedding the message and you're helping people and. Yeah. I absolutely agree. The, the the formula I have that I just shared is my formula for mental health, including depression. It's only worked 100% of the time for my clients that I've ever worked used it with. Mm. If they do that, it will... Ki- just think about this. Depression is feedback that you're not looking after yourself. Mm. I just think of that. So, okay. I'm feeling depressed right now. One, are you living to your values? Are you prioritizing yourself? Are you filling from a cup so you can... Are you pouring from a full cup? Or you're putting other people's needs, expectations, and values ahead of yours. Are you mm. looking after your health? When's the last time you trained? What's your food been like lately? If you eat like shit, you're going to feel like shit. We've all been there. Mm. Big fucking, uh, big disgusting pizza or burger or whatever. And then <laughs> feels good for, for as you eat it. And then afterwards, you just feel fucking sluggish, slow, gross. Mm. Have you done the healing work? Because this is a, this is a, uh, an interesting... It's actually from the book that's behind me. It's called You're Not Broken uh, by Dr. Sarah Woodhouse. And... I was saying it before, you got trauma, traumatic reactions, and triggers. So if you've got a wound, and again, you regress back. So say we're five years old, uh, something really painful happens, et cetera, and then your reaction is depression. So you, mm. some people go drink alcohol. Some people scroll on social media. Some people, it's porn. Some people, it's disassociation. Some people, it's shopping. Some people, it's you've got your coping mechanism, essentially. Mm. Some people's it's depression. So, their coping mechanism is to get depressed because that might stop mum and dad fighting. So, there's literally, there's, I've, I've watched um, interventions and in coaching sessions where like children will do self-harm to themselves to stop mum and dad from fighting. 
Mm. I th- that's fucking interesting. I'm like, wow, wow. Yeah. So, uh, so you've got those three parts. So you might have a trauma, which when triggered, your reaction is depression. Mm. So then when you're getting triggered every fucking day, you're feeling depressed every day. So that's why, again, um, healing is such a big part of it. Uh, and then the environment, which you've mentioned a couple of times as well, is just be so selfish about who you allow into your life. Mm. The most the most expensive currency you have is your energy and your time. Yeah. So invest that shit wisely. Like if I wasn't inspired by yourself to be on here, I wouldn't be on here. I, yeah. I wouldn't be inspired. Like I, I, get, I get invited to fucking birthdays and parties quite re- frequently. I say no to probably 80% of them. It's just like, yeah. is this going to help me fulfill my, my mission in life? Is this going to help me fulfill my vision in life? Is this going to uh, add or take away from my life? And obviously, there's a, a line here, guys. It's not, not like, okay, you're never going to see your family again because they, they drain you. There's truth in what I said, though, because some people don't mm. do that. But- yeah, just be so conscious of where you're investing your life, where you're investing your energy, where you're investing your time, because all of that equals your mental health, all of that equals your quality of life, all of that equals the way that you feel every single day. And it's knowing when to say yes and no, because I feel like if you're always saying yes, you're disrespecting yourself. If you're always saying no, you're disrespecting yourself. So it's knowing the fine line of what is actually going to add value and what's going to serve me. And that can be anything. It can be enjoying the time, having fun. It can be valuable in terms of information, education, but it's just like not obviously being too robotic with it, but just understanding yourself to a point when you know something is good to go into and when something's good just to step back and be like, cool, I can't be in this space right now. Mm. Yeah. And you've uh, you've clearly done a lot of work in this, man. I love the way that you, I love a lot, lot of the points that you're making here on this podcast. It's... Mm. I, I asked the question I just asked then, is this going to move me towards my mission? Is this going to move me towards my vision? Am I inspired to do this? That's a good question I ask myself. Mm. It's like um, I <laughs> I pull everyone up in my life that I ever meet on this is whenever you set, use words like I need to, I have to, I've ought to, I should, I mm. must, etc. Whenever you're using words like that, you're literally putting other people's values ahead of yours. It's like, oh, I have to go to the gym. You don't have mm. to. Yeah, stay home and smoke a joint if you want to. <laughs> but <laughs> so, what is it? Why? Why do you want to? Mm. Why would you love to do it? And this ties into motivation, to inspiration, to following your purpose, etc. Is whenever you're literally saying, "I need to," "I have to," "I should," etc., is you're putting someone else's values ahead of your own. So, whenever like my partner's like, "Oh, I have to go run today," she's working on her her running capacity. Mm. I said, "Do you have to, or do you want to?" No, I do want to. I want to work on this. Beautiful. And just yeah. that energetic shift is so different. Like needy energy. We all had that sort of needy person in our life or at school where they're very needy of being around people. That shit's mm. repelling. Yeah. And you're literally repelling that because the thing that you think you need avoids you, runs away from you. You're needy mm. of it, so it's avoiding you. So, uh, so being able to just, just guys changing your language, like I don't need to, I don't have to, I want to. Even yeah. further, I'd love to. I'd love to fucking go have a cold shower. I'd love to jump in that ice bath. I'd love to uh, do some work today to push myself to come become a better man, a better woman, a better fucking parent, whatever it may be. Mm. So you just yeah, that's something that uh, I like to pull people up on as well. That's great because you basically um, reframe your subconscious mind. So it runs ninety ninety five percent of your life, and if you if you reframe it to a model that's going to suit you and your goals, and then implement that every single day, it's only going to progress you. 
And like you said, like language becomes your thoughts, your thoughts become your beliefs, your beliefs becomes your identity and so on. So if you start with your language as the first pillar to reframe your subconscious, you're going to see so much growth. And like you said, um, I want to rather than I have to. Because when I first got sober, I used to always tell myself, I have to go to the gym. I need to go to the gym so I'm not depressed. So I wouldn't go to the gym for three days. And guess what? I felt fucking depressed. <laughs> but once I started reframing it, I'll take like a week off gym if, like, if I got injured. And I'll be like, oh, I don't feel depressed. I wonder why that is. And that's because I put in the work to start changing my language, which then became like a ripple effect for all the other things in my life. So I'm very glad you touched on language there and the importance of it. Where have you, uh, I'd love to know from you, where's, where's a lot of this influence come from you? Where like everything you just said, I, I, I absolutely subscribe to what you said, like your thoughts become your beliefs, your beliefs become your identity, et cetera. I guess mm-hmm. for people that are listening so they can maybe dive into some work themselves, is there any books or podcasts or courses or events that you've done? It's mainly, it's always a reflection of myself and some people don't understand this, but I'll try and explain, I won't try, I will explain this the best I can right now. So growing good, up- Good choice I'm, of words as well. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so I grew up, I'm from England, I moved to Australia all my family is still in England. I'm just going to talk about the motivation behind it. And my mom and sister around here, but I don't really see them physically. So I basically grew up from the age of 11 by myself as a drug addict. I got addicted to drugs from the age of 11. And then at the age of 18, I decided to get sober. And then a suicide ideation attempts for two years until I was 20. And then from 20 to now, I'm 25. It's just been a journey of completely understanding myself so I can change the narrative of my life. Because at one point, it was rather... I had three options. It was overdose, um, suicide, jail, or get sober and change my life. Four different choices, actually. And once I decided to make the choice to change my life, I then found a big influence in myself, which then pushed me going forward. And that's my inspiration. But in terms of like people I look up to or people I listen to, it's been a lot of music, to be honest. And it's quite out of the box, but Cursor, Cursor the rapper, he was a big influence in my life because... At the age of 11, when he first started making music was when I first started doing drugs, so iconically. So, but like his transition to getting sober and betting his life and then getting super successful and being on the top inspired me to go on that journey with him over the years. And now he's like sober and now he's like sober and he's, um, super successful. Like I've kind of taken that journey with him, but in my own sense. So I definitely would say cursor and this guy behind me, Nipsey Hustle, he's my motivation around like business and mindset. And curse is more so my inspiration behind just keep going, never give up. No matter what people say about you, you can always achieve what you set out to do. So definitely curse and Nipsey Hustle and myself all inspire me. That's powerful. I've never heard uh never heard someone use music as the I've heard it as people's pieces of it, but not the main influence, man. And you're so yeah. true because people can really connect through them. Uh, the words are so powerful. They can share people's stories. Mm. I heard Snoop Dogg's making like affirmation <laughs> music yeah. these days, which is pretty cool. So yeah, uh, that's fucking powerful, man. Yeah, because you awesome. know, mu- music comes from language. That's the first part of it. And those languages that you hear, like it's like guided affirmations. I'm not sure if you've heard of alpha affirmations on YouTube. It's amazing. I listen to it every night, but... At the end of the day, music's language, language turns to force and to beliefs. So as long as you're listening to positive information through music, you're going to instill those thoughts into your own mind one way or another, especially if you listen to music repetitively as well. So I feel like that has made a massive change in my life is music. That's powerful, bro. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no worries, brother. I've got a couple of questions I'd like to ask you before we wrap this thing up. But 
Um, the first one is if you could study with any expert in the world right now, who would that person be and what will you study? Mm. First two, uh, oh, I've got like three, but I'll, I'll list them all out. I'll go Joe Dispenza. I'd go John Martini, and I'd go Ryan Holiday. He's probably the most recent one that I've been mm. really diving deep into, very Stoicism and Stoic philosophy. So uh, what I study... The thing that I'm really enjoying, my my passion is to understand who someone is, what have they been through to create who they are now, mm. where do they want to go, and who do they need to become to get there. That's kind of like my everything everything it, that adds into that, which includes business, finances, leadership, or everything that requires you to do what I just said is the stuff that I find really interesting. So, uh, I'd probably study... I'm probably uh probably the books that I'm reading at the moment just like how to really rewire and program yourself from the past to identify where your wounds are to heal through them everything we've been speaking about I've I think mm. I've I've I'm at a level where I can confidently help anyone that comes my way but it's like it's just like uh it's like any sport or anything right you can always get better so yeah. I just I just want to get better at that so I'm sharper I'm a better coach I can add more value to people I can help any walk of life that walks through my door or walks through my my business that I connect with, my world, that I can fucking help and get them mm. to break through and create the life that they want. Uh, but yeah, those would be my answers. Yeah, that's amazing, bro. And that belief in yourself is powerful because once you do have that belief in your full ability to be able to help anyone, then you will be able to help anyone because you're not closed-minded like, oh, that, there's not really that scarcity mindset to it. You may have doubt in life, but it shows that your resilience over always overcomes that. But having the belief that you can help anyone is so true because at the end of the day, it's from point A to point B. You just got to help them through the process to get to point B. And having that belief in yourself, 100%. man, then seeing the work that you do, it's amazing to see because, yeah, it's important and needed in this world. Thank you, brother. Um, what made you start your podcast and what do you hope your listeners take away from it? Uh, I started it for a couple of reasons. So I've had mine, I think three years now I've had mine, maybe a little bit longer. I started it when I was in the gym chapter of my life. Uh, I think a, a high, my highest value is coaching. So I see that as a form of coaching where you can impact uh, people for free, as many people as possible. I think mm -hmm. I've had about 36,000 listens as a whole, which uh, I want to keep growing and, and blow up. I want to have that per episode at, at one point. So uh I think I started it originally to just to help people. It's just another medium to help people. I made it to connect with people, to be honest. It's a good way to connect with people and to share other people's messages such as yourself. I look forward to having you on my one as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those will probably be the two biggest ones. And my reason or what I want people to get out of it is probably the answer I said to the pre previous question. What would we want to study and, and learn about? Probably that. How do you understand who you are? mentally emotionally spiritually intellectually who are you like i use the statue of david quote all the fucking time with me it's like uh michelangelo made the statue of david and someone asked him how did you make such a beautiful piece of art his answer was really easy david was always there in the statue i just had to remove everything that wasn't him mm. and being able to help people understand what i just said but then help them do that so the the way your light shines brightest when you let it shine freely. So when you yeah. remove everything that's not you, the mask, the personas, the egos, the wounds, the shit you're hanging on to, that's when your truest expression of you shines through. 
So being able to help people do that, which obviously entails a lot of stuff we're talking about, healing, letting go, mental limiting beliefs, mm. ego, all that stuff. But then also get clear on the second phase. So I believe number one, this is kind of the phase that I go through is understand who someone is. What are their values? Yeah. What's their purpose? What's their mission? What's their vision? How do you master your mind and emotions, which is very much from the past? So limiting beliefs, ego, all of the uh, statue of David that isn't you. So remove everything that's not you mm-hmm. and really wire yourself for success and where you want to go and then get clear on, okay, well, what's your plan of attack to actually create that vision? Okay, you want to have life on your terms. You want to have financial time freedom. How are you going to do that? What vehicle are you going to use? How are you going to help people? Okay, you're going to help them in the mental health um, industry, which is what I'm doing just like yourself. Mm. Well, how are you going to do that? Is it through a service? Is it through a podcast? Is it through a course? Is it through one-on-one coaching? Is it through group coaching? And then there's sales, there's marketing, there's leadership, and then there's all the (laughs) systems and processes. So, there's the that's probably the... uh, that's what I would like to get out of the podcast, and I, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm hitting that from different angles. Like I've, I have people, I'm, I've had guests on who are sex coaches and how to improve your intimacy and your relationship. Mm. I've got relationship coaches, how to improve your relationship. I've had people with health and fitness. I've had people with traumas. I've had people with mental health. So it's uh, finances. I've had uh, investors uh, um, in there. I've had a uh, huge mentor that I mentioned, Dr. John D. Martini. I've had him on mine, which is a really awesome podcast, one of my favorite ones. Mm. Uh, so. Yeah, it's just to help people do all three steps. Who are you? The real authentic version of you. How do we overcome all those mental and emotional limitations uh, that you've picked up through through your life so far? And then how do we create your vision? How do you make the money? How do you build the business? How do you hire your team? How do you market yourself? Those are That's what I want people to get out of my podcast. Mm, one other thing that people can get out of this podcast that we're um, recording right now is how aware you are of why the, you are doing the things that you are doing, which is an important lesson for within itself because you have a true understanding of the things that you're doing and why you're doing it. It's not just like, I don't know, it's just I'm doing it just because like you have like a step-by-step process to why you're doing it. And I think if you start auditing your life like that as well, you'll start weeding out the things that aren't serving you and you'll start implementing the things that are serving you and building on that. So that's amazing, bro. Thank you, man. Just two cents on that is it's the, I've had people ask me, I get it quite frequently. It's like, what should I do? And it's like, that's, it's not my job to tell you what you should Mm. do. It's, it's, what does what's the vision for your life and then what's going to help you get that and it just becomes a decision making framework okay yeah. is is going out and partying with the boys and getting on it going to help you fulfill your vision no so don't do it yeah. oh but and then and then there might be a limited belief oh but i want to be loved i want to be accepted okay well can't you attract other people that love you for who you are mm. if they only love you because you're going out with them does that mean your love is conditional to them doing what they're trying to influence you to do yeah. What if they just loved you? Like so, it's get clear on what you want, and then everything becomes just you just weigh it up against that. Okay, here's my vision. I want to be financially, physically, spiritually, family, relationship, success, and whatever that looks like to you. Mm. Then everything that shows up, like this podcast, like is this podcast going to help me fulfill my vision? Fuck yeah! I want to connect with an incredible human like you. I'm going to be able to reach your audience, impact some value, hopefully as well, and it's going to help me move towards my vision. If someone, hey, you want to come out and get on the drink tonight? Okay, is that going to help me fulfill my vision? Probably not. Yeah. I'm going to feel fucking shit the next day. I'm going to spend money that I don't necessarily want to spend on that. It's time away that I could be doing other things. It's like, no, I don't want to. So, mm. that, that's uh, it's 
one of the most powerful things you can do. You get clear on who you are, where you're going, and then you it just allows you to say no to things and yes to things like you mentioned earlier because you know where you're heading. Mm, that's true. It becomes a decision-making process with full accountability and just realizing, is this going to be helpful or harmful? I'm just making the decision. Mm. Yeah. My final, final question for you, man, is if you could have dinner with four people dead or alive, who's sitting at that table with you? Uh, probably the book I just referred would be one of them. Uh, Victor Frankl would probably be one of them. I'd love to really dive and connect with him. I think his, I think like, well, even on this book, it says 12 million copies sold. I'm sure there's a lot more than that since this one's been been published. He would be awesome. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Marcus Aurelius stuff lately. So mm-hmm. I would definitely love to uh, have him there at the dinner table. Tony Robbins would probably be there. I've studied him and researched him for so long, so he'd probably be there. He'd probably bring the energy as well. Yeah. Uh, my biggest mentor is John D. Martini. He's the one that I connect with the most. I connect with his story the most. I see a lot of similarities between me and him. He's probably added the most value to my life in terms of self-development, um, everything I'm talking about, values, vision, all that stuff. Uh, I've A lot of that's come from him, so... He would uh <clears throat> he would probably have to be in the mix as well. Yeah, sounds like a good dinner. <laughs> Great dinner, kind of yeah. visualizing it right now. <laughs> so um finish up. Do you have anything that you like to finalize with? And also where can people find you and the work that you do? Uh I guess the final thing for me is kind of what we've already said today, guys. Like work on yourself. Like you will ne- you're never fully healed. You've always got work to do. You can always you'll you can go a long way, but you'll never you'll never get to the end. It's a forever mm-hmm. journey. So make sure you always work on yourself. Listen to podcasts like this, uh, investing into yourself, listening to books or reading books, doing courses, doing mentorship, uh, surrounding yourself with the right people, everything you've listened to in this podcast. So continue your journey, continue to grow, continue to heal, continue to work on yourself. It would be my first one. Uh, and if you guys want to connect with me, Lewis Huckstep on any platform, Instagram is probably my most active one. Uh, I do post a fair bit on TikTok and Twitter and all that stuff. But uh, in terms of getting back to people with messages, Instagram is definitely number one. Uh, I do have some free services. I've got a podcast. I've got uh, I've got an online mastermind. I do I do weekend events as well. Uh, that's probably my favorite thing to do. That well, definitely is my favorite thing to do is my my weekend events where we go deep into everything we just spoke about. But um, that's only for the right people. So if that's something that inspires you, I'd love to connect. But uh, just keep listening to this podcast. I'm sure you're getting great value from it. And um, man, thank you for having me on the podcast today. Oh, thank you for coming on, brother. It's great connecting. And um, everyone listening as well, I'm a big advocate for what Lewis is doing. You know, that's why I had you on the podcast. I love what you're doing. And if you feel connected with Lewis, definitely go check him out. He's got heaps. Like I was looking at your link tree, you got heaps of free tools and services available just as an entry level to see the work that he's doing and then be able to, you know, get so many benefits and value for yourself as well. So definitely check out Lewis and um, thank you for listening. And also thank you for joining Lewis. Thank you, brother. Have a great day. And uh, I look forward to connecting again. No worries. See you later. See you later, April.